foreigner with an accent referred to as Count Dracula. Thank you. From the Transylvania region of Romania, immigrates to Britain. He can control minds, he's untrustworthy, and basically terrorizes London. The focus on his immigration isn't that he's coming, you know, for safety, uh, you know, from persecution, but that he's coming to do harm. The same thing people fear about immigrants today. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. And I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Welcome in. So, Cindy, I've been noticing an increase in conspiracy theories about blood, specifically Jews and Democratic politicians drinking blood, kind of like vampires. It's so weird, isn't it? Yes, it's weird. And we've been wondering about it, you know. Why is this happening? Right. Listeners, before you rip out your AirPods and run from the room, give us a little time to explain what we're talking about. Seriously. We started out looking into the alleged relationship between vampires and anti-Semitism. Oh, and we found it. We also found a lot of anti-Semitism, racism, ableism, you name the ism. We found it throughout literature. Yeah, really depressing, but true. Look, a lot of European mythology, even classics, use people who are not Christian and not white as the bad guys. Yes, there are a lot of tales about villains who are specifically described as black or dark-skinned or disabled in some way, for example, that are the evil characters in a story of mostly white Christians. People make up horrible stereotypes about groups they're not part of. There are a lot of stereotypes about Jewish people. For example, they're said to be greedy and obsessed with money. There are also physical stereotypes like a long hooked nose, dark hair, black beady eyes, and sometimes even horns on their head. Under all that bushy hair, I suppose. Exactly. To look at a vampire for a minute, vampires come back from the dead and prey on humans to drink their blood. That is what they do, Cindy. To be clear, not... Every single vampire story is anti-Semitic. No, vampire myths have been in many countries around the world for a very long time. But they were especially popular in Eastern Europe, where some people actually believed that under certain circumstances, the dead could rise from their graves at night to kill people. Strange belief. But people in European villages, especially in Eastern Europe, in places like Poland, Romania, Hungary, and Bulgaria, would actually dig up the bodies of suspected vampires and drive a stake through the heart so that they couldn't rise up from the dead and, you know, kill people. Yeah. So an Irish author, Abraham, known as Bram Stoker, wrote Dracula in 1897. Anti-Semitism was on the rise. This was during the Victorian era when thousands of Jewish people had left Eastern Europe under great duress from persecution. Many of those Jews went to various parts of Western Europe, creating strong fear and anxiety about infiltration by Jewish people, which it was feared might weaken English cultural identity. 
People even here today are often afraid that immigrants are a threat to their usual white Christian society. And Jews in particular were deeply hated when many classic tales like Dracula were first written. And then the vampire most of us know comes from the 1931 film Dracula starring Bela Lugosi based on an adaptation of Stoker's novel. So this was also leading up to Holocaust times. And we have Dracula, the wealthy, suave vampire with a silk-lined cape that we dress up as for Halloween. And less popular as a costume is the tuxedo with the six-pointed star that, believe it or not, Dracula also wears in the movie. Although some say it isn't necessarily a Star of David, but it is a six-pointed star. Coincidence? I think not. So, a foreigner with an accent referred to as Count Dracula. Thank you. From the Transylvania region of Romania, immigrates to Britain. He can control minds, he's untrustworthy, and basically terrorizes London. The focus on his immigration isn't that he's coming, you know, for safety, uh, you know, from persecution, but that he's coming to do harm. The same thing people fear about immigrants today. And this Dracula became a model for future vampires, a model built, unfortunately, on many anti-Semitic tropes from that time. Yes, he's a foreigner with a lust for blood who hoards money, neglects his smelly house, Jews were considered dirty at the time, has dark curly hair, large bushy eyebrows, unhealthy pale skin, a black mustache, pointed beard, and a long hooked nose. And it's here where the anti-Semitism seems to be infused into the vampire. Still not convinced? There's more. Oh, there is more, Cindy. There's always more. Dracula is unable to cross onto holy Christian ground and is repelled by religious Christian objects like the crucifix and holy water. He's a threat to Christianity, which is the only way to stop him. The whole vampire thing also calls to mind, at least to the mind of haters, the long-standing blood libel against Jews. I just want to say this is a really, really weird thing. Weirder even than the vampires from movies. I never even knew about it till recently. Well, it's back. So Jews in Europe endured terrible violence because of blood libel, which is the outrageous belief that Jews drink the blood of kidnapped Christian children for Passover matzah. Crazy? It's beyond crazy, and it's for thousands of years old now. People still believe it. It comes up in QAnon and other crazy cults today. Ridiculous on several levels, not the least of which is that blood is not an ingredient in matzah in any way. Oh my God, there's almost no ingredients in matzah. <laughs> Flour and water, basically. Yeah. Blood is also not kosher. Consuming blood is prohibited in Judaism. So just to be clear, Jews would never drink blood or use it in food ever. There's also a common trope of vampires working through a secret worldwide council that governs vampires, but also might try to control aspects of the rest of the world. This calls up the anti-Semitic trope of the cabal, a secret council of Jews who supposedly run the world, often through the banks, the finance system, and the media. Also most recently promulgated by QAnon. Why would they believe that Jews are so powerful that they actually run the world? If they did, wouldn't they have the power to stop these stupid beliefs from spreading? <laughs> they do not. <laughs> That's a good point. Even things like avoiding sunlight can have anti-Semitic implications. 
in Judaism, the day starts at sundown. There you go. Worshiping at night was proof to haters of Jews being evil. Yeah, people don't want villains to look like them, so they describe them as people they hate and fear. Villains in a lot of classical literature are often dark, Jewish, or disabled. This shouldn't have been okay in the past, and it's certainly not okay today, but there it is. And our goal in looking at these harmful representations of marginalized people is not to devalue or ban classic literature. It's to learn to read with awareness. Whether we find anti-Semitism, racism, misogyny, or ableism, it's to go deeper so we can do better. We have an obligation to learn to recognize and avoid contributing to harmful tropes and stereotypes. Just because they existed in the past does not mean that they are true or should have power in the present. We know better than that. I think that even the people currently spreading the rumors know better than that. I honestly wouldn't have thought that vampires are based on anti-Semitism. But once you dig into it, it is very hard to unsee. Yeah. It's not that vampires drinking blood or haunting at night are automatically anti-Semitic. It's when these things are coupled with things like Semitic physical characteristics, imagery like a six-pointed star, and certain other things we mentioned that can be dog whistles for haters. We need to think about why the bad guy has a certain look or label. Who envisioned them and why do they have these features? Who are the villains and who are the heroes? And also, why do we need villains? We make others inhuman when there are so many ways to create a villain with unique backgrounds, customs, and experiences. We can have more diverse good guys as well. Well, in reality, good people come in all kinds of packaging. They don't look one way at all. You could argue that the so-called good guys who are hating the other, they're not so good. For sure. Defining anti-Semitism only by its most extreme expression like the Holocaust and not seeing subtle coding is why we don't see it sometimes before it's too late. When something like anti-Semitism, racism, or ableism is so normal that you don't see it, there's a great risk that you'll unintentionally continue it. And that means you're continuing to harm others. So if you read Dracula and you think about the fact that Bram Stoker was steeped in anti-Semitism when he created him, you can see the story and the character differently. It becomes clear, unfortunately. And once you start looking and thinking about it, it's hard to see literature without racism or anti-Semitism because literature reflects culture, especially the literature we're taught here in the U.S. It's been mostly white Christian literature, actually, only gradually changing to include other cultures and parts of the world. Another group of people marginalized by vampire stories are the people who suffer from certain diseases like porphyria, a rare blood disorder that causes sensitivity to sunlight, or another rare disease called xeroderma pigmentosum that causes an extreme sensitivity to sunlight or anything that emits UV light, including some light bulbs. Those people can't help that they have uh, medical reasons for needing to avoid sunlight, and they should not be seen as vampire-like. Yeah. Because there's so much stigma, we don't hear a lot about these people or care about them. Right. And really, the thing to do is keep reading and don't ban anything. We're not saying ban anything, but keep reading with an alert perspective on racism, anti-Semitism, and all the other isms. 
Correct. Watch your judgment and always try to read with awareness. Make it a challenge to find embedded stereotypes and coding in literature, social media, film, basically all around us. It's there. Thanks for listening today. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Until next time, take care.